Yeah, no thank you. I love to hike. You all know that I love to hike. I go out hiking. I talk about this sometimes. The longest hike I took last year was 10 miles in one day. And at the end of that 10 miles, like, my feet were dragging. I couldn't wait to get my hiking boots off. And if I had been told that I had to get up the next morning and do that again, I would have had the attitude like my kids had when they were little, like, oh, how much longer is this going to go on? Right? Because it's hard to walk that many miles. But she did it in one season. And I'm going to um, let Mildred tell you this in her own words, because that hike inspired her next vision. Way ahead. All right, there we go. So this is a, she was having an interview with someone, and she said, I wouldn't consider doing the Appalachian Trail again right now, Steve, but I would consider doing some more hiking. In fact, I have another hiking trip all planned. And this time, it's definitely on the optimistic side. It's a peace pilgrimage. There is hope. While we watch the storm clouds gather and prepare for the storm, Let us never forget that the sun still shines behind those dark clouds and may somehow break through before the storm descends. I see sunshine in the real desire for peace in the hearts of humanity. Even though the human family gropes towards peace blindly, not knowing the way, I think that those of us who have found the way to peace could be shouting it from the housetops. And with this thought in mind, I undertake my peace pilgrimage. Starting January 1st, I shall walk from Los Angeles to New York and then Washington, D.C. and talk to everyone who will listen to me about the way to peace. I'm even planning to wear a sign, the back of which will read, Walking Coast to Coast for Peace, and the front will read, Peace Pilgrim. Garbed in her simple blue tunic, emblazoned with those words, and relying on the goodness of her fellow beings, she would embark on a journey that has now stretched far beyond the pathways of the Appalachian Trail, or even the many thousands of miles of road traveled, listen to this, during her 28-year pilgrimage. The pilgrimage has spread around the world to touch the lives and hearts of millions, millions with her simple and inspiring message of peace. And so on January 1st, 1953, Peace Pilgrim set out to walk from Los Angeles to New York City. Anybody know how many miles that is? Too many, right? <laughs> 2,500 miles about. And then from New York City up to Washington, D.C. And then she didn't stop. Then she set the intention that she would walk 25,000 miles for peace. Thousand miles. I looked it up. That's the circumference of the globe. That's setting the intention to walk around the entire globe in her lifetime. And she didn't stop there. After she finished those 25,000 miles, she kept walking. She just quit keeping track. And she spent her entire life walking for peace. And she said there were three main things that would help us to accomplish this peace. Number one is we needed to overcome evil for good. We needed to overcome falsehood for truth. And we needed to overcome hatred with love. 
And that was her message of peace that she carried with her as she walked for 28 years. What would your attitude be if you walked 28 years? What is your attitude if you have to get up in the morning and walk from your parking space into the grocery store, right? So today we're talking about her first step towards inner peace, which is about adopting a right attitude toward life. And again, I just want to read from Keith Pilgrim's own words. And so anybody who has your book, if you want to follow along, I'm going to be reading from page four a little bit. She says, I have walked 25,000 miles as a penniless pilgrim. I own only what I wear and what I carry in my small pocket. I belong to no organization. I have said that I will walk until given shelter and fast until given food, remaining a wanderer until mankind has learned the way of peace. And I can truthfully tell you that without ever asking for anything, I have been supplied with everything needed for my journey, which shows you how good people really are. With me, I carry always my peace message, which, as I said, was this is the way of peace, overcome evil with good, falsehood with truth, hatred with love. And then I'm going to go on and skip a little bit to the next page. Now, when I talk about the steps towards inner peace, I talk about them in a framework. But there is nothing arbitrary about the number of steps. They can be expanded or contracted. This is just a way of talking about the subject, but this is important. The steps towards inner peace are not to be taken in any certain order. (coughs) The first step for one may be the last step for another. So just take whatever step seems easiest to you. And as you take a few steps, it will become easier for you to take a few more. Don't you love that idea? Just find a step that's easy for you. What would be the easiest step you could take today? What would be the easiest thing that you could do that would take you further into what God is calling you to be, to do? Make it simple. One step. In this area, we can really share. None of you may feel guided to walk a pilgrimage. Anybody out there feeling guided to walk a pilgrimage at this point? None of you may feel guided to walk a pilgrimage. And I'm not trying to inspire you to walk a pilgrimage. Isn't that a relief? But in the field of finding harmony in our own lives, we can share. And I suspect that when you hear me give some of the steps towards inner peace, you will recognize them as steps you have already taken. So in the first place, I would like to mention some of the preparations that were required of me. And the first preparation, this is our topic of the day, is a right attitude toward life. This means stop being an escapist. Stop being a surface liver who stays right in the froth of the surface. There are millions of these people, and they never find anything really worthwhile. Be willing to face life squarely and get down beneath the surface of life where the verities and realities are to be found. That's what we are doing here now. Adopting a right attitude toward life. All right, here's a question. Take yourself back. Not too far, just to this morning. When you first opened your eyes, are you aware of the first thought that you had? 
some people are going, yeah, it's under the tree. Other people, yeah, yeah. Was that first thought, for those of you who can remember, was that first thought a thought that you wanted to hold for your whole day? Oh, God, no, I'm hearing. Oh, God, no. But without awareness, without consciousness, we could easily allow that first thought that we had when we opened our eyes that morning. We may not even be aware of it, but we may carry that attitude with us throughout the entire day. You know, anybody ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed? And you're aware, I do this, I'm aware that I've woken up on the wrong side of the bed. And I'm aware that I really should not stay here, but I go, I don't care. I want to be on the wrong side of the bed today. Anybody else do that, or is that insanity my own? Right? Where we cling to those attitudes that we know are not helpful. We know they're not going to lead us to inner peace, but gosh darn it, I want to feel this way anyway. That's the insanity of our mind, right, of our, the human condition, where we don't want to feel a way, but yet we cling to feeling that way. We cling to attitudes and behaviors and habits that do not serve us in finding inner peace. And so where we're invited to with this first step is to become very conscious about choosing a right attitude toward life, a right attitude Towards this day, and to stop living in the froth of the surface. Who recognizes that froth of the surface? Right? I started to read for one of my practices this year, The Endless Practice by Mark Lupo, and in the very first chapter, he talks about this. He talks about these sea plankton. And these sea plankton are on the bottom of the ocean, but every day they make this voyage up to the top. To the surface. And then they make their journey back down to the depths again. And so I was thinking about that, and this is what he encourages us to do. Like, how can you be like the sea plankton where you're not staying at the surface constantly, but you're making the journey to the depths as well? And not that we should always stay in the depths either, right? So we're not called to just, uh, you know, become mountaintop meditators down in the depths where there is peace. But the true, the true demonstration is our, in our life is when we can come up from the depths of that peace and then come up to the surface and carry that peace with us into the demonstration of what is occurring on the turning on that surface. That's what Jesus did. Right? He'd go off for a while, be alone for a while, and then come back up to that surface again. And so that image of the plankton, you know, moving back and forth, surface and depth, surface and depth, surface and depth is, I think, for us, a reminder of how we can develop a good attitude toward life. So one of the places that I'm really aware of this surface living is I'm really aware of how science has taught us that our brain seeks things that support our beliefs. So if I think that there is scarcity and lack in the world, guess what I'm going to find evidence of? Scarcity and lack, right? If I think that there's just chaos and confusion and the world is this fallen place, then that will be my experience. Because our brain is designed to show us that, yep, you're right. 
And so what happens is, this is what I've become really aware of at that surface frothing, is that we can all find evidence of our beliefs. And so many times, especially today with social media, we can hit the share button when we see this something that is evidence of our beliefs without even thinking about it. Now, if you're the one that's seeing those shares, it might be really obvious to you. Like, you might see as I do a meme, which is just one of these pictures that's out there, right, supporting an idea. You might see a meme and you might go, oh, come on. There's no truth in that. And a quick two-second Google search will, will prove to you, yep, no truth in that one. And so to ask that question, well, why? Why do I or others quickly push a share button without ever taking time to ask, is this even real? Is this even true? And then what does that do but create more surface frothing, right? More evidence of how we're separate and can't get along and divide. It just And we feel justified because it, it was something that we shared that proved what I believe to be so. So we don't even give it a second thought. Now that's like the plankton just living at the surface. And we are invited to live at the depth. Right? So recognizing and realizing that this is the way your brain is made. It's just a part of the physiological structure of your brain. Okay. But we can take a breath and we can ask the question as we dive deep below the surface, what is the truth here? Am I really sharing the truth here or am I just wanting to prove my point? Is what I am sharing here bringing up harmony, bringing us closer, bringing up understanding, forgiveness, peace? Or is what I am sharing adding to that frothing that is just occurring on the surface? You might not be a social media person. You might say, ah, this doesn't have anything to do with me. But recognize and realize that all of us are doing this at some place in our lives. Whether it's in the conversations we're having with friends or loved ones. Whether it's at work. Whether we're in the car, driving down the road all by ourselves with those thoughts turning round, right? Those turnings of thoughts. Do you pause and ask yourself the question, is this even real? Developing a right attitude toward life invites us to move beyond just that surface living. The peace pilgrim is right. It is as true today as it was 40, 50 years ago. There are millions of people living in that surface frothing. Do you want to be one of them? Do I want to be one of them? But how many times do I cling to that surface frothing because it feels good? Only it really doesn't. Because ultimately it doesn't lead me to this place of inner peacefulness within. So how do we do this? How do we adopt a right attitude towards life? Well, as part of our monthly focus this month, our focus is on grace, which is what our affirmation was about today. And I really like in unity there's a prayer for grace that I really wanted to share with you today. Because this 
is how we get to that right attitude for living, through grace. The prayer says this, For thee, our God, into thy hands I commit my spirit, my soul, my body, my life, this problem, all unforgiven state. Thy will is my will. Thy will be done for me, Lord. Heal me at that. Reveal that which needs to be revealed and heal that which needs to be healed so that I can glorify you, God, and live in the fullness of grace. It is finished for thee, our prayer. So that's my question for myself. What am I thirsting for? What are you thirsting for? And who's, into what have you committed your spirit? Right into thy hands I commit my spirit. Into God's hands I commit my spirit. So, so, you know, not into the hands of my employer. We're not committing our spirits there. That's not our source. Right? Not into the hands of our children or our spouses or our partners or the fill in the blank that is going to finally bring me to my place of peace or joy. Right? Not into those hands. Not into the hands of, you know, my doctors even. If what I am dealing with is a health challenge, not even there am I committing my spirit. Not into the hands of my government am I committing my spirit. Thank God. Into God's hands I'm committing my spirit. Into God's hands, I'm committing my spirit. So that when I'm caught up in that surface frothing of what's keeping everybody in such chaos and confusion and all the other mess that we see out there, I can take a breath and I can dive deep below that surface like the plankton do and commit myself to God's hands. And to allow God's will to be done through me. Imagine if the first thing you thought of tomorrow morning when you woke up was, God, here I am, into your hands I commit my spirit, lead the way. I'll go wherever you call me. Don't call me to a 25,000 mile walk, but anywhere else, I'll go. Okay? I have to practice. Right? How many of you need to practice this? Developing a right attitude towards life. So that's what we're going to do this week. Each time that you become aware that you are involved in a challenge, in that surface frothing, whatever that surface frothing is for you in your life, because we're all unique, we're all individual, we all have different surface frothings that we do. This is for all of us, whatever that might be. Remind yourself that this is an opportunity in disguise. What? This is an opportunity in disguise. Consider how the experience could shift if you realize that this isn't happening to me, but for me. For me. What gift lies in the challenge? What gift? What stretching? What growing? What learning? What new understanding? 
What new quality can you reach deeply inside yourself from that depth to bring to the surface what strength, what joy, what love, what understanding, what will, what release, what wisdom, what wants to be revealed here? It's the gift of this moment, no matter what is occurring. And then set the intention to see it right and assume a right attitude toward life. Are you willing to join me in that this week? Right now, it's just remember, Peace Pilgrim said the easiest thing, one simple step. One simple step. So just set the intention here. That's the simple step. Yes, I am going to adopt a right attitude toward life this week. And if you're still wondering then what does that look like, my favorite scripture is on the back of our bulletin. This is my favorite one of all from Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the peace, the God of peace will be with you. Remember that when you are thinking of only the problems and the challenges, you're on the surface frothing. But if you dive deep, You'll find something good. You'll find something holy. You'll find something true. You'll find something worthy. And then, come back up to the surface with that awareness. And you will have adopted the right attitude for this moment, for this day, for this week. Thank you for joining me on that. I'll check with you.